Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Law School of America. Apportionment. The courts have held that the requirement for fair apportionment may be met by apportioning between jurisdictions all business income of a corporation based on a formula using the particular corporation's details. Many states use a three-factor formula, averaging the ratios of property, payroll, and sales within the state to that overall. Some states weigh the formula. Some states use a single-factor formula based on sales. State capital gains taxes. Most states tax capital gains as ordinary income. Most states that do not tax income, Alaska, Florida, Nevada, South Dakota, Texas, and Wyoming, do not tax capital gains either, nor do two states, New Hampshire and Tennessee, that do or did tax only income from dividends and interest. History The first state income tax, as the term is understood today in the United States, was passed by the state of Wisconsin in 1911 and came into effect in 1912. However, the idea of taxing income has a long history. Some of the English colonies in North America tax property, mostly farmland at that time, according to its assessed produce, rather than, as now, according to assessed resale value. Some of these colonies also tax faculties of making income in ways other than farming, assessed by the same people who assess property. These taxes taken together can be considered a sort of income tax. The records of no colony covered by Rabushka, the colonies that became part of the United States, separated the property and faculty components, and most records indicate amounts levied rather than collected, so much is unknown about the effectiveness of these taxes, up to and including whether the faculty part was actually collected at all. Colonies with laws taxing both property and faculties. Rabushka makes it clear that Massachusetts and Connecticut actually levied these taxes regularly, while for the other colonies such levies happened much less often. South Carolina levied no direct taxes from 1704 through 1713, for example. Becker, however, sees faculty taxes as routine parts of several colonies' finances, including Pennsylvania. During and after the American Revolution, although property taxes were evolving toward the modern resale value model, several states continued to collect faculty taxes. States with faculty taxes Between the enactment of the Constitution and 1840, no new general taxes on income appeared. In 1796, Delaware abolished its faculty tax, and in 1819 Connecticut followed suit. On the other hand, in 1835, Pennsylvania instituted a tax on bank dividends, paid by withholding, which by about 1900 produced half its total revenue. Several states, mostly in the South, instituted taxes related to income in the 1840s, some of these claimed to tax total income, while others explicitly taxed only specific categories, these latter sometimes called classified income taxes. These taxes may have been spurred by the ideals of Jacksonian democracy, or by fiscal difficulties resulting from the Panic of 1837. None of these taxes produced much revenue, partly because they were collected by local elected officials. Early State Income Taxes the 1850s brought another few income tax abolitions, Maryland and Vermont in 1850, and Florida in 1855. 
during the American Civil War and Reconstruction era, when both the United States of America, 1861 through 1871, and the Confederate States of America, 1863 through 1865, instituted income taxes, so did several states. Civil War and Reconstruction State Income Taxes As with the national taxes, these were made in various ways to produce substantial revenue, for the first time in the history of American income taxation. On the other hand, as soon as the war ended, a wave of abolitionism began, Missouri in 1865, Georgia in 1866, South Carolina in 1868, Pennsylvania and Texas in 1871 and Kentucky in 1872. The rest of the century balanced new taxes with abolitions, Delaware levied a tax on several classes of income in 1869, then abolished it in 1871, Tennessee instituted a tax on dividends and bond interest in 1883, but Kinsman reports that by 1903 it had produced zero actual revenue, Alabama abolished its income tax in 1884, South Carolina instituted a new one in 1897, eventually abolished in 1918, and Louisiana abolished its income tax in 1899. Following the 1895 Supreme Court decision in Pollock v. Farmers Loan and Trust Company which effectively ended a federal income tax, some more states instituted their own along the lines established in the 19th century. Old-fashioned state income taxes. However, other states, some perhaps spurred by populism, some certainly by progressivism, instituted taxes incorporating various measures long used in Europe, but considerably less common in America, such as withholding, corporate income taxation, as against earlier taxes on corporate capital, and especially the defining feature of a modern income tax, central administration by bureaucrats rather than local elected officials. The twin revenue-raising successes of Wisconsin's 1911, the Wisconsin Income Tax, the first modern state income tax was passed in 1911 and came into effect in 1912, and the United States' 1914 income taxes prompted imitation. Note that writers on the subject sometimes distinguish between corporate net income taxes, which are straightforward corporate income taxes, and corporate franchise taxes, which are taxes levied on corporations for doing business in a state, sometimes based on net income. Many states' constitutions were interpreted as barring direct income taxation, and franchise taxes were seen as legal ways to evade these bars. The term franchise tax has nothing to do with the voting franchise, and franchise taxes only apply to individuals insofar as they do business. Note that some states actually levy both corporate net income taxes and corporate franchise taxes based on net income. For the following list, see and Progressive Era State Income Taxes this period coincided with the United States' acquisition of colonies, or dependencies, the Philippines' Puerto Rico, and Guam from Spain in the Spanish-American War, 1898-99, American Samoa by agreements with local leaders, 1899-1904, the Panama Canal Zone by agreement from Panama in 1904, and the U.S. Virgin Islands purchased from Denmark in 1917. Arguably Alaska, purchased from Russia in 1867, and Hawaii, annexed in 1900, were also dependencies, but both were by 1903 incorporated in the U.S., which these others never have been, the Panama Canal Zone was essentially a company town, but the others all began levying income taxes under American rule. Puerto Rico already had an income tax much like a faculty tax, which remained in effect for a short time after 1898. Early Territorial Income Taxes 
a third of the current state individual income taxes, and still more of the current state corporate income taxes, were instituted during the decade after the Great Depression started. Depression State Income Taxes A mirror tax is a tax in a U.S. dependency in which the dependency adopts wholesale the U.S. Federal Income Tax Code, revising it by substituting the dependency's name for United States everywhere, and vice versa. The effect is that residents pay the equivalent of the federal income tax to the dependency, rather than to the U.S. government. Although mirroring formally came to an end with the Tax Reform Act of 1986, it remains the law as seen by the U.S. for Guam and the Northern Mariana Islands because conditions to its termination have not yet been met. In any event, the other mirror tax dependencies, the U.S. Virgin Islands and American Samoa, are free to continue mirroring if, and as much as, they wish. The U.S. acquired one more dependency from Japan in World War II, the Trust Territory of the Pacific Islands. Two states, South Dakota and West Virginia, abolished Depression-era income taxes in 1942 and 1943, but these were nearly the last abolitions. For about 20 years after World War II, new state income taxes appeared at a somewhat slower pace, and most were corporate net income or corporate franchise taxes. Post-World War II State Income Taxes as early as 1957 General Motors protested a proposed corporate income tax in Michigan with threats of moving manufacturing out of the state. However, Michigan led off the most recent group of new income taxes. Great Society State Income Taxes In the early 1970s, Pennsylvania and Ohio competed for businesses with Ohio wooing industries with a reduced corporate income tax but Pennsylvania warned that Ohio had higher municipal taxes that included taxes on inventories, machinery and equipment. A few more events of the 1970s follows. Late 1970s State Income Taxes Also during this time the U.S. began returning the Panama Canal Zone to Panama in 1979, and self-government, eventually to lead to independence, began between 1979 and 1981 in all parts of the Trust Territory of the Pacific Islands except for the Northern Mariana Islands. The resulting countries, the Marshall Islands, the Federated States of Micronesia and Palau, all levy income taxes today. The only subsequent individual income tax instituted to date is Connecticut's, from 1991, replacing the earlier intangibles tax. The median family income in many of the state's suburbs was nearly twice that of families living in urban areas. Governor Lowell Weicker's administration imposed a personal income tax to address the inequities of the sales tax system, and implemented a program to modify state funding formulas so that urban communities receive a larger share. Numerous states with income taxes have considered measures to abolish those taxes since the late 2000s recession began, and several states without income taxes have considered measures to institute them, but only one such proposal has been enacted. Michigan replaced its more recent value-added tax with a new corporate income tax in 2009. Rates by Jurisdiction Alabama The corporate income tax rate is 6.5%. Alaska Alaska does not have an individual income tax. Arizona Corporate income tax the corporate income tax rate is 4.9%. Arkansas. Scheduled rate reductions. The top personal income tax rate is scheduled to be reduced to 5.3% on January 1, 2023, 5.1% on January 1, 2024 and 4.9% on January 1, 2025 if the state does not experience a revenue shortfall that would require it to use funds in the catastrophic reserve fund. 
Arkansas experienced a budget surplus of nearly $1.5 billion in the fiscal year ended June 30, 2022. California. California taxes all capital gains as income. California's listed tax brackets from 1% to 12.3% are indexed for inflation and were most recently by 2012 California Proposition 30. Their state has a 1% mental health services surtax, Form 540, Line 62, for incomes above $1 million that creates the maximum bracket of 13.3%. California also separately imposes a state alternative minimum tax, Form 540, Line 52, at a 7% rate, so a taxpayer may end up paying both the AMT and the 1% surtax. Reference Corporate Income Tax The standard corporate rate is 8.84%, except for banks and other financial institutions, whose rate is 10.84%. Colorado Colorado has a flat rate of 4.55% for both individuals and corporations. Connecticut Corporate Income Tax Connecticut's corporate income tax rate is 7.5%. Delaware. Corporate income tax. Delaware's corporate income tax rate is 8.7%. The Law School of America. The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation Incorporated under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America